Alabama basketball is ranked number two in the AP poll. Our Florida teams are out of the playoffs. Georgia football faces a tough decision with the recent news of a player. The Charlotte Hornets won a game. And which team has the best shot with D'Amico Ryans? It's Tuesday Takeover on our new episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go. Don't wait. This night's almost over. Honest. Let's make this night last what is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Stillman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Take 14. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Christy. Hello. And as always, you can find her on Instagram and TikTok, at Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network. You know, Christy, the divisional round was not as exciting as we wanted it to be, to say the least. No, I think most of the games that we predicted went the way we predicted with a few exceptions, but nothing too exciting or groundbreaking. No, and I have to agree. I mean, I thought it would be a little bit more exciting. And I mean, the only thing that really surprised me was that Cincinnati won. Right. That was the only one I think that went a different way. I was. You know, the Bills just had a lot to play for, not only with DeMar. I feel like they're just, they're out to prove their identity and their whole franchise, and it just did not go their way. And I definitely have to agree there because Josh Allen just was lost the whole time. Yeah, and it's weird because he's had a lot of big pressure games before, but he just did not look like he had been there before, and he knew how to handle his team. The thing that concerns me is that this is a team that has done so well in the regular season, but they can't get over the hump of the playoffs. Yeah, and it's not – I feel like you see that a lot with teams that don't have strong chemistry, and they do. I think with it right now, you know, all the pieces were there. I don't know if they were just distracted from that really close win over the Dolphins, if they were just still getting excited about that win over the Patriots at the end of the regular season. But this team just did not look like a normal team. Josh Allen is overthrowing everyone. Mm -hmm. Stephon Diggs is being held accountable. And I mean – they're praising Eli Apple. I don't know why, because Eli Apple's the type of person who shows up to the group project and gets an A without <laughs> doing anything. Yeah, we definitely saw a lot of drama after that game. I mean, we had Stefan Diggs throwing his little diva temper tantrum. He he will do that. He'll he'll always do something like that. And I mean, at first it was really cool to see him just, you know, stand mm-hmm. at the you know, field and witness a celebration and kind of have that mentality and then everyone started doing it and then it got right. yeah and I give him credit for that I think that speaks a lot of his character and I like him he's a great guy but grabbing all your things storming out I'm not sure that that's great leadership no especially because this is a team full of young guys <laughs> I mean you have a lot of young players especially Players who had to grow up really quickly after DeMar having right. to be given CPR. So I think with this team, they have the leadership, but it just wasn't really emotion because you're looking at your leader and he isn't, 
you know, responding or acting the way that he should. Yeah, and I get it. Emotions and tension runs high, especially in a game like that. But I feel like especially when you're in the spotlight, there's a different way to handle it. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. But I mean, the Bengals want to get back to the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't think right now, you know, I'm not going to count them out. But I mean, you're looking at this team against the Kansas City Chiefs. And can this banged up offensive line and banged up secondary stop the Chiefs? So they do have something going for them. They're 3-0 and against the Chiefs in the last 13 months with a win in the AFC Championship game last year over them. And I feel like they have a chip on their shoulder, and they kind of proved it this game with all those ticket sales. And, you know, they were not in that ticket sale, but obviously with the refund comment, I think they just have a lot to prove. I don't know. I just also can't get over the fact that the NFL TikTok made that really cringe video. <laughs> yeah, I did see Burrow. that. <laughs> it was cringe. Yeah. So um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think with this, both teams have a great shot, but we'll just have to see what happens in the next round. Speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, we predicted it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't call the Jacksonville Jaguars for pulling an upset. No, and I do have to give them a lot of credit. I think they put up a good fight. Um, They weren't even expected to be in a game like that. And I do think they're building a franchise that is going to go forward and be in more games like this. And I have to agree. I mean, it looks like what they're doing is working. I mean, we were giving Mm -hmm. them so much grief about bringing in Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and everything that happened last year with Urban Meyer. And it's looking better now, which is terrific. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we definitely, you know, owe them a shout out. But, yeah, no one expected them to get this far. No, I mean, if you look at the 2020 and even the 2021 season, I think they had four wins combined, maybe. Yeah. Now, the thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars is they need to learn how to build off of this. They've mm-hmm. had seasons like this before but they never can build off of it or look good in the following year. No. So I think with their AFC South title and clinching that berth, I think that was kind of the baseline for their franchise going forward. And I definitely like that. And I think that, you know, they can compete, especially with how Tennessee is going to Mm -hmm. rebuild their team. Remember they don't have their old general manager, so they might look to, rebuild what are they going to do with Ryan Tannehill so I could see those two teams competing don't really know what the Texans are going to do and don't really know what the Colts are going to do yeah I'm not sure about those teams but I know the teams that we saw this weekend it's kind of interesting it's like the year of the franchise quarterback like each team has a franchise quarterback and I think that's huge for all these teams at once especially because we're going to see that the 49ers next year are going to have a really big decision to make. Yeah, I I feel like they have, I don't know, Brock Purdy for me is kind of their franchise quarterback, but I'm not sure how you get rid of Garoppolo, even Trey Lance. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be tough. It will definitely be tough. But one team that does not have a tough decision is the Philadelphia Eagles. And I definitely think that all of Alabama – 
nation is cheering on Jalen and Smitty and Landon Dickerson. But I'm so proud of this kid, and I'm so excited for him. Yeah, I was watching that game, and I just kept saying, like, I feel like I'm watching the 2020 Alabama team. And I know that wasn't Jalen at quarterback, but it still had the same vibes and feelings. I definitely see that, too. And then came the really big spark of all these butthurt Oklahoma fans (laughs) who were saying, stop claiming him. You know, he didn't go there, which is wrong. He went there for three years. Mm -hmm. He graduated. I had a class with him. He's a terrific guy. And now there's all this talk of he shouldn't claim Alabama because it says on his bio that he went to Oklahoma. Well, that was where he went for one year. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, even when he does his intro for Sunday Night Football, he doesn't say Alabama or Oklahoma. He just mm-hmm. says Channel View, Texas. And I feel like he kind of put those rumors to rest himself with that comment about the reporter. Like, you know, I went to Alabama, too. Like, I feel like that was him saying, I claim both places, guys. Calm down. Well, I mean, I also think that he wouldn't be at Oklahoma without his time at Alabama. I I agree with that. I mean, what he did at Alabama will never be forgotten. I mean, he broke records there. He made a name for himself, even just as a leader and how he handled that whole situation there. Absolutely. I mean, you know, people talk about second and 26, but people don't talk about him coming off the bench in the SEC championship game in 2018 enough. Yeah, I agree. I feel like they could make a whole movie about that whole Tua and I would watch it. I'd watch <laughs> oh, yeah, it. for sure. Um, and finally in this, what was that play call for the Cowboys <laughs> on the last play of the game? Um, that was Kellen Moore, and I'm here to say we don't want – well, Alabama does not want Kellen Moore anymore. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the 2015 game between the Colts and the Patriots – when the Colts lined up in that really weird formation. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. I mean, just from the start of it, it was really odd. You could tell by how they were lining up. It was not going to go anywhere. It should have been an easy Hail Mary call, whether he made it or not. That's the call that should have been made. I don't know. Maybe it was just something that they didn't trust Dak in. But this was a game where I feel like neither team wanted to win. Yeah, I can totally see that. And speaking on Zeke, he got leveled on that play. (laughs) He sure did. And it obviously, you know, did not turn into anything. So um, with that, I mean, with the Cowboys, is anyone surprised, really? I'm not. And they're just paying specifically Zeke and Dak way too much money to be that subpar in a big game like that. Yeah, I mean, maybe they'll learn a thing or two, but right now, I feel like since Troy Aikman, mm-hmm. they haven't had postseason success. They didn't get there with Tony Romo. They didn't get there with Dak or Zeke. And it's as if that right now, this coaching staff doesn't know what the heck they're doing. They're not. And the first thing I thought was, well, are we going to see Mike McCarthy on the hot seat? But I feel like Dallas has a loyalty problem. I know loyalty is usually a positive, but I feel like for Dallas, it's not a good thing. 
No, they did the same thing with Jason Garrett, too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like no matter what happens, as long as Jerry's there, they're going to stick with the same players and the same coaches, right. which is annoying because Jerry is so stuck in the 1980s. Yeah, he he really is. So, I mean, we'll just have to see what they do next year. But right now, I mean, with this team, I mean, don't be surprised if they have a year like this next year where they mm-hmm. make the playoffs and then kind of just disappoint all of us. Yeah, I mean, it's just the Cowboys doing Cowboys things. I have to agree. Moving on to our next topic, and this is news that you had actually shared with me this morning in regards to – the Georgia football team, a brand new player fresh out of the transfer portal gets arrested. Yeah. And so that player is Rara Thomas. Um, if you don't know his name, it's probably because he hasn't played at Georgia yet. He transferred there on the off season from Mississippi state. He's a junior. He's actually from the state of Alabama. Which is still very weird for me because I know that players from Alabama go to Mississippi State, which I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, but it's sad for Georgia because he was going to be a huge star. So he was supposed to replace wide receiver Adane Mitchell, who went into the transfer portal. I know he landed somewhere. I don't remember. He landed at Texas, I think. Okay. So... At Mississippi State, um, Rara had 44 receptions, 626 yards, and seven touchdowns in the 2022 season. So he was huge. He was set to be a star at Georgia. He definitely was. And, I mean, I looked at those stats, and I know that while Mississippi State to Georgia, it's not an air raid, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you have some talented quarterbacks and, I mean, you were set to be the number two option mm-hmm. behind Brock Bowers. I mean, I know that people are going to say, well, about Lad. Lad is Lad. I mean, he just <laughs> reminds me of Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. So, I think with that, you know, he was expected to be a good number two, maybe a good number three receiver. And this was a pretty electric offense. And now he's kind of putting himself in jeopardy with, you know, kind of this event. I mean, he had a felony of false imprisonment and then he had a misdemeanor of family battery violence. Yeah, it whatever it was, there's not a whole lot of detail yet. Whatever it was does not sound good. And at Georgia, even just being charged with a felony, it's immediate suspension. And, I mean, I feel for Georgia football at the time because they just had a, a full of emotions for the past week, week and a half. Yeah, and there's even more coming out about that and the crash and that it was caused by excessive speeds. And I saw the parents of the player that died are maybe going to press charges or sue for wrongful death. So they're still going through a lot with that. And I feel like... This just needs to be a wake-up call and a window into the world that you are not invincible. You're not in high school anymore. You're in the real world. You're adults. Even as a football star, things can happen to you. And I definitely am with you on that. I think with this team, it it has to be a wake-up call. I mean, this is where Kirby is 
was groomed to become the Knicks, next Nick Saban. Yeah. I mean, he wanted to find ways to make sure that he was not only handling everything correctly, but prepared for things like this. You know, Nick Saban had his fair share of these mm-hmm. events at Alabama. How is Kirby going to handle these as things overcome in Georgia? Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if he reaches out to Nick Saban for advice on this, because you're right, Nick has handled this well, too. And I think this is the true test of being that legendary coach and what it means and how you bring your team back together. Right. So I definitely, you know, kind of keep your eyes peeled on Mm -hmm. what happens there. But Kirby, Kirby can handle this. I mean, he's been coaching for a while. It's not like he's, you know, a 23 year old who doesn't know what the heck he's doing. He's been coaching for a while. Yeah, I think he will handle it well. But moving on to our next point, and obviously this is weird that it's a point because we were just talking about this city on Friday's episode, the city of Charlotte. Yeah, we talk about them a lot, and I feel like we are never going to stop talking about them because the Charlotte Hornets won a game. And if you're wondering why is this such a big deal, well, this is a team that has 13 wins throughout the whole season. They are 13-34. and 34. Like, like, that's so bad. Oh. <laughs> to the point where they have a better away game win percentage where they've won eight games on the road and their home record is terrible. They're five and 16. So I don't know much about basketball, but I can say it's sounding a lot like the Panthers who kind of had an upswing there at the end of their season. So, I mean, you know, it's what well, I guess what we have to expect from teams in the city of Charlotte because they always do stuff like this but the reason why it's so exciting is because right now the Charlotte Hornets are on a two-game win streak which (laughs) I did not think would happen at this rate but they're playing Monday night at the time of this recording the Utah Jazz now can they win this game I'm sorry Charlotte Hornet fans I don't think so I mean Yes, it's great that y'all are on a two-game win streak, but you've won 13 games. (laughs) And this is also the team that won seven games almost 10 years ago with the same coach. Mm. So it's not looking too, too good. But we did want to give a shout-out to the Charlotte Hornets for winning. You you know, you get your – I'll design a – certificate in Canva for the city of Charlotte and y'all can fly me and Christy to Charlotte so we can award it to y'all. Yeah, you did it. (laughs) Congrats, you did it. I mean, you're in education. You know the importance of recognizing students. Positive reinforcement. Yeah, we're going to recognize the city of Charlotte because the Charlotte Hornets won a game. (laughs) But enough fun on that. Moving on to our next point, Alabama basketball i i don't know how much your dad has convinced you to watch (laughs) album basketball but if he has then i'm very proud of him um i have to be honest i haven't watched it yet he just kind of sends me all the updates i do know that they're ranked number two yes i know it is terrific (laughs) it's awesome and i am a big fan of that and they're undefeated in sec play Hey, I will take it. If we can't be a football school this year, I will jump on the basketball bandwagon. Hey, you are very welcome (laughs) to come there. 
So right now, obviously, this team looks terrific. You know, they're undefeated in SEC play. They have a terrific road game streak going, which I never thought would happen. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, too. In their recent games, they have won by 26. They've won by 15, 40, wow. 12, and 11 in SEC play. Mm-hmm. And they also beat Ole Miss at the start of January by 22. So Yeah, and I this- feel like that's hard to do in basketball. It's so back and forth. Like, the score is usually pretty close. It definitely is, especially when you're playing against really good teams. And this just shows a testament of what Nate Oates is doing, what this team is doing. I mean, everyone on the team is looking great. Javon Quinterly, who had a devastating injury in March Madness last year, is back and he's looking terrific. Brandon Miller is basically getting the SEC Freshman of the Week award every week to the point where people are asking if we can change it to the Brandon Miller Freshman of the Week award. You know, he's averaging 19 points a game. Mark Sears, a transfer from Ohio, is mar- is averaging 14 points a game. This team is just looking terrific, and I'm so proud of them there. And most importantly, they're selling out Coleman Coliseum to the point where people are saying, wow, maybe it's time for us to expand. Yeah, I love that. And maybe Nick Saban had something to do with that, with his appearance at the last couple games. Yeah, but he didn't stay for no. all the time. So I'm still kind of mad at him for that. <laughs> I think he gets too bombarded by people. I, I know. But I mean, Miss Terry was there, which, which yes. makes up for that. So... Get excited. I know that people who always have to witness Alabama win in football probably are not excited, <laughs> but we are, and it is terrific. And finally, on our last point, a very important topic to not only us, but people who are fans of Alabama football, Tamika Ryans. Yeah, what a great season he has had. And I feel like when people talk about the 49ers, it's all about how they have built their offense. And even I said it, um, that I think it's going to change football in the future, just building not around one sole quarterback, but building that offense you could put anyone into and succeed. So we talk about that all the time. But D'Amico Ryans as defensive coordinator has done huge things. He definitely has, and I think with D'Amico Ryans, one of the things that is you know huge is how well-respected he is, how mm-hmm. loved he is. He got four interviews to be a potential head coach. Now, he did cancel his interviews with the mm-hmm. Colts and the Cardinals, but I think with this, you know, that's just how – he wanted to say, I'm zeroed in on these. Right. Or he could just say, hey, you know, I want another year as a defensive coordinator. I mean, he played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He also, you know, he's 38 years old. But mm-hmm. most importantly, the thing with D'Amico Ryans is that he is so well-known and so accomplished for his time at Alabama. He's mm-hmm. also a minister. No one knew that. Yeah, and I think you had shared that really early on in the fall and just how he 
has brought a lot of the players when he was at Alabama, like into whatever faith they want to be in. But I think that speaks a lot of his character. No, it definitely does. And I mean, looking at his accolades, he was defensive rookie of the year. He was a first team all pro. He was a pro bowler. He was the SEC defensive player of the year. And he played in the NFL for Mm -hmm. 10 years. And he, you know, came from Bessemer. Bessemer is a little outside Birmingham. And he's built up one of the best defenses that many of us have seen. And this guy started out in an entry-level role as the defensive quality control coach. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure what that title entails. I don't either. I, I don't know if it's something where it's, hey, you know, we're going to bring you on and you're going to help out uh-huh. the defense. But that's, you know, going to be in air quotes where you're really just helping us with film and stuff. Right. But hey, it worked out. Yeah. Next year he gets promoted to the inside linebackers coach. And then Mm -hmm. he gets promoted to defensive coordinator. So he's really just grown so much. And, I mean, I'm so proud of everything he's been able to do because this just shows that anything is really possible. And I mean, he was so well-loved at Alabama. Mm -hmm. And so many people are just excited about him. So I cannot wait to see what he does. But at this time, who do you think he might potentially fit for um, potential coaching gigs? Yeah, so the two he interviewed for were the Broncos and the Texans. And at first, for some reason, I was drawn to the Texans. And I think because they need more of a franchise rebuild, And I think he's the guy for that, to bring up the mentality, to bring up just the buy-in to the program. I feel like the Broncos have that somewhat established, and I think the Texans really need that from the ground up. Well, he actually did play for the Texans, and he was drafted by the Texans. So I wouldn't count that out. Obviously, if he does, you know, get hired by the Texans, his first act should be to draft Bryce Young. Yeah. Or Will Anderson, because, I mean, I know that he's a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. But I think with it, too, is that this would show a lot for not only the state of Alabama, but the University of Alabama. You know, there's all this talk about how Jalen is the first quarterback in mm-hmm. 40 years from Alabama to win a playoff game. When was the last time Alabama had a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, that's true. And I think people are ready for that stat. And I I just, I'm so excited for him. And I think he is going to go um, be a head coach at the NFL. I don't think he's going to stay. Or, yeah, I don't think he's going to stay as a defensive coordinator. I think he's ready. No, and I mean, some people are saying this, and by some people I mean me, <laughs> is that it would be nice if he could one day become the head coach at Alabama. I mean. He just reminds me of Nick and Kirby, you know, like a great leader mm-hmm. focused on defense. But I also know that that would be really hard to, you know, give up yeah. working in the NFL and being a coach in the NFL and going to college. doesn't work for everyone. And you know I'm saving that spot for my man, Lane Kiffin. I know. And it <laughs> seems like Lane is saving that spot too for himself. Yes. So. 
But all in all, I mean, I'm so proud and excited for all these Alabama alumni who are in the playoffs. I mean, we've got D'Amico, we've got Smitty, mm-hmm. Landon Dickerson, Jalen Hurts. I don't know if there's – well, Jonah Williams, but he's hurt. Okay. And I don't know if we have any players from Alabama who are on the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, no one comes to mind for the Chiefs. I feel like the whole Eagles team is just Alabama. Uh, it's become a lot of Alabama players. I mean, Josh Job is on there too, and most yeah. people probably forgot about Josh Job. That's true, and not because he's not doing anything or not good. It's just there's so much talent on that team. Oh, absolutely. But I am so excited. It's going to be a great championship weekend, and we cannot wait. But that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all your love and support. We couldn't have grown without y'all. As always, you can find this show on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're basically on all platforms in regards to podcasts. As always, drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Podcast, or my personal Instagram, jakesdale 14 You can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for all things sports and different forms of varieties. You can find them at Variety underscore sport underscore on Twitter and Instagram. We will be back on Friday with more updates and more focus for the upcoming games. And we're going to break down some other things because there's some exciting news because Brandon Ingram is practicing again. So if you're into (laughs) Alabama, I mean, if you're into New Orleans Pelicans basketball, get excited for that. And Alabama basketball has a lot coming up as well so as always thank you so much for all the love and support thank you for helping us grow continue to be the best version of you you can be bring smiles to others be a light in this world as this world is still a very scary and a little intimidating place and as always as always we will see and hear from y'all later take care bye Bye.